I'm not gonna say ladies and gentlemen anymore. Really? Yeah, I so I realized um I'm not being as sense. inclusive. Yeah, yeah. As I wanna be right because I sure. like I am I'm taking out then because of me saying ladies and gentlemen, I'm taking out a part of a demographic that I, I wish to like also have listen, right? So I want to be more welcoming uh, with the linguistic language that I use and the words sure. that I use and how I greet the beginning of episodes. Sure, sure, sure. So so are you going to have a new tag now? Yeah. Okay, what is it? Have you, have you thought about this? Really? Of course. Okay, good. Well, just now. Oh, fuck. Okay. Folks, welcome okay, to an good. episode good. of The Art Tenders with Mac and Dan. I am Dan. He is Mac. Howdy. We are reviewing a movie, a horror movie, but also kind of a comedy from the year 2014, directed and written by Kevin Smith, known for his works uh, Clerks Genius. and Chasing Amy. Genius. There's a movie called Tusk, starring Justin Long, Michael Parks, Haley Joel Osment. A-list uh, celebrities across the board, clearly. And Johnny Depp. Uh, uh, C-list at best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, so this is an interesting movie. I'd say. Um, I'm just gonna, you know, hit it right off the bat and say, not a good movie. Uh, I'm gonna have to say that, that I think that's objective fact. So, so with that being said, um, because Max subjugated me to, uh, the watching of this film. Yes. And it was not a good film. Uh, Mac, did you see this movie prior oh also by the way i completely forgot to give the context of the the piece itself yeah please um so a guy run gets through, kidnapped um let me just read the imdb uh description a brash and arrogant podcaster gets more than he bargained for when he travels to canada to interview a mysterious recluse who has a rather disturbing fondness for walruses walruses essentially yeah. uh uh, the, uh he gets turned into a walrus so Mac. I think that that's a, gr- a gross summary. So this, so And it is gross. It is gross. This movie is disgusting. Justin Long gets kidnapped, and then slowly but surely by this psychopath that he's been kidnapped by is, like, physically and surgically turned into a tusk. He is put, like, his arms are sewed to the side of his body so that he can only flap and shit. He sticks tusks into his head, and he stuffs them into a walrus body. And spoiler alert... I've already spoiled so much. The, uh, he doesn't go back to being a fucking human. The, we're going to get into that. Okay. We're going to unpack that. We have to. We have because to. Because it's both the best and the absolute worst. I just think that is that is the hook of this whole podcast episode. Is, is just how absolutely bananas this whole uh, plot really actually is. If you sit down and think about it. And the first question that I have, and I will, I will, I will answer your question. But the first question that I will have after I answer is, how did we like it aside from the fact that it was super fucking weird? Well, I mean, it wasn't a good movie. Like, right. Like, let's just acknowledge the fact that tonally, this movie had no idea what it was doing. It could not decide between being a comedy and being an actual right. horror movie. Right. Which it's funny because. This movie was a worse comedy than it was a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I thought when this movie was trying to be a horror movie, pretty solid. Because surprisingly solid. Because with with horror, it's not like it you necessarily or thriller at least you yeah. don't necessarily have to feel scared. You just have to feel intense something. It's the tension. It's, it's the, tension. the tension of the exactly. moment. It's the tension of. And the let stakes. me tell you, there is no lack of tension here. I am, I am constantly like, ugh, 
Ugh, to, like that's the best sound and I can sometimes think to make. not in a good way sometimes it's tension of like yeah. oh god why is this scene like yeah, this no, no, no. why haven't we moved on from this scene this is no parasite um but mac why did why you did select movie? tusk did you already see tusk yes. prior uh to to this recording well yes what's so, going on in your mind right so uh, funny enough and this might be even more scarring than the movie itself um my, uh, this is actually kind of a thing that my family has been talking about for a while. So, um, one day, uh, my little brother, he comes home from school and he's like, guys, I need to show you something. And he shows, not me, but he shows my dad and my other brother, the, a, a, a plot summary of this movie. They're like, mm-hmm. what? And like, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's pretty quick. So they watch the whole movie together and afterwards they can't stop talking about it for weeks Weeks, they keep talking about it because it scarred them. Yeah. Let me tell you, this is, like, I can't think of a more scarring movie. Something that, like, leaves an image in your mind more, more intensely. Because when we say that Justin Long was turned into a walrus, that may ask, you know, a few questions. Like, oh, was this sort of like a uh, a mind transplant? Like, right. his brain was put into a walrus yeah. and all of a sudden he's controlling the walrus? Like, do we ever see real walruses in this movie? Only in flashbacks. Correct. We see Justin Long inside the skin of a walrus. But this skin of a walrus is made from human skin. Yes. And that's the disturbing, that's the disturbing part, yeah. part of it because all. Because you can see the stitches of all of the different parts of the body that the skin was taken Yeah, from. and then some pieces of the skin is like a stretched out face. You see an oh, ear it's here so and there. It's so gross. It is legitimately disgusting. And props... Absolute tremendous props to the um, uh, whoever was part of the uh, sort of special effects crew. Because let me tell you, they hit it on the head. As you're finding uh, Maya Lieberman, Maya Lieberman Mm -hmm. uh, is costume designer, and then a huge makeup department of of uh, I mean home run hitters. So uh, so so my family watched it for a couple weeks, right? They told me that I had to watch it. Well, I kept asking what was going on. They were like, "No, no, no, we can't tell you. You just have to watch it." I watched it. I nearly threw up. Yeah. And uh It's a disgusting movie. It's a disgusting movie. But it's not like poop disgusting. No. It's it's it, it looks disgusting and it's also very unsettling and it's like a it's, right. it's like a car accident and you can't really look away. Yeah. Well like okay, like like for instance, I almost I I did throw up in my mouth at Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. I would say even though this wasn't necessarily out of, like, the same sadness as 12 Years a Slave, I'm saying that I was vomiting not because it was, like, barf gross, because I was disturbed to my core. I was rocked to my core. Like, this is... I cannot even fathom that this is happening in front of me right now on a screen. Anyways, so I, I watched it, and then it kind of became this thing amongst my family. Like, we kept talking about it. So we talked about last season for of the Artenders that we wanted to have more hate watches because even the worst thing that we watched. Last I don't. Season, I don't know if uh, you can say we wanted to. See I did. More hate I watches. said. I said. Because last season, <laughs> even the worst thing we watched wasn't all that bad. Yeah. And so I wanted to make sure that by the end of this season, we had at least a few picks that were just dog shit. Right. And so I was looking up some of the worst movies of all time. And I came across this title and I was like, holy shit, my family, I would love to talk about Tusk because it is, uh, it's so, um, 
it stays with you. It really stays with you. I, I would say that this stays would stay with me way to put it. even more than uh, Lovecraft Country with the little girls. Because I told you whenever we did that episode mm-hmm. that those little, and, and still to this day, if I'm ever in like a dark alley or like in, in a dark space, I still imagine those little girls. Oh my god, up. they really got you. They really did. Like I cannot think of many things scarier than those little girls from Lovecraft Country. It maybe Tusk has beaten it. Okay. Like I really. I, I, as I'm falling asleep at night, <laughs> yeah. I am imagining Justin's Long's face with the huge-ass tusks coming out of it. Yeah. Truly. It's it's genuinely a disturbing film. And once again, credit to the costume and makeup yeah. department because uh, not only – and it looks – I'm going to assume I haven't done a sort of research into the, the sort of production of this walrus suit. looks entirely practical. Maybe some, like, visual effects sprinkled in there, but – I mean, it looks to me like an entirely practical suit that somebody was controlling. Yeah. And so it gave this believability of the moment and that sort of disturbing nature of like, oh, no, this looks kind of real. Like, you know, it's not real because obviously, who the fuck? But this looks real and that sort of sensory is enough to sort of drive you over the over the edge and make you immensely uncomfortable for this film. Now, what I do want to get into is the quality of the horror storytelling of this film. Now, we haven't done much horror. No. Last season, we did Lovecraft Country, uh-huh. as you said, and uh-huh. we also did... Uh, I. It's on the fringe of it, I will admit, but Parasite, right? Parasite, yeah. But because... We had a couple thrillers. Yes, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But what makes these horror movies so good and like sets them aside from like slasher movies like Friday the 13th or yeah. Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street, or not really that, but more... Freddy vs. Jason, yeah. let's say that. What really sets them aside is the tension. Now, there are a lot of uh, horror movies that are sort of really coming back into frame. And when I say a lot, that was too gracious. But there are some (laughs) horror movies that are coming back into the frame with the genre. In the last few years, there has been Hereditary and there's been Midsummer. Now, unfortunately, I've not seen either of those movies, but I've been told those movies are absolutely incredible. I'm really excited for Old, by the way. Have you seen commercials for that? M. Night Shyamalan? Yes. Uh, I don't know if that movie is going to be good. You don't think so? Well, I I just don't know. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, I mean, well, it's like, it's M. Night Shyamalan. It's like, it's like flipping a coin, but it's... True, but, that's true. Uh, who knows? And my Shyamalan, oh, yeah, that's a very uh, yeah. indecisive, good director. Yes. Go ahead. But um, what makes horror so interesting in this context, in this particular context, is the tension. Mm-hmm. And part of how you build tension in these movies, in these stories, is when the stakes are immensely high for these characters, right? And how you build tension is when time is a factor. Yes, yeah. And so it, it's wonderful moments that occur. Oh, that's a very good observation. When you have one character, in this case, Justin Long, and his character of uh, Wallace Bri- Brighton, excuse me, uh, who is running out of time because Howard Howe, played by Michael Parks, is slowly turning him into a walrus. And mm-hmm. we all know this. I mean, the movie's called Tusk. We yeah. we all know what we're signing ourselves yeah. up for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't just, like, hit Netflix. I think this movie was on Netflix for a period of time. But we don't just, like, go to streaming services and yeah. just, like, hmm, Tusk? 2014? Oh, Kevin Smith. Oh, Justin Long. Okay. 5.3 stars on IMDb. Yep. You know what? I'll yep. give it a shot. Nobody yep. does that. Nobody does that. We we remember this movie because it was so, first of all, odd. But what made it so impressive was 
partially impressive was because of that tension. So you would have Wallace running out of time, and then you would have his friends uh, Teddy and his girlfriend uh, Allie uh, hunting for him in a way. And mm-hmm. when I say hunting mm-hmm. for him, I mean I mean they're, they, he is disappeared and he is lost, right? And so there's a beautiful scene, in my opinion, one of the better scenes of the film is when Wallace is able to find his phone. How he finds his phone, it makes no fucking sense. No. Um, because Very he convenient. like falls, it's super, yeah. in, super convenient where, you know, he falls asleep and he wakes up in a wheelchair and he's missing a leg. So, and for some reason his phone is ringing and his girlfriend's calling him. So he just wheels himself over to his phone, even though Howard Howe put the phone there. He didn't just get rid of the phone. It makes no fucking sense. No. Super duper plot convenience. And I hate that. But, and you Howard know what? Howe must be a genius to be getting away with all these murders. Sorry, go ahead. Exactly. In this one location at yeah, the same right, time right, right. where nobody. So is checking out, you know, and the IRS <laughs> just doesn't care. Right, right. Uh, how does he make his income? We don't know. But what we do know is that uh, he made this call first to his girlfriend, Allie, played by Genesis Rodriguez, and then to his best friend, Teddy, played by Haley Joe Osment. Haley Joe Osment. What we I can find... barely take that guy seriously. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know. He plays Sora in Kingdom Hearts. Now, what is Mac did not know, know this. I did not know that. No, go ahead. <laughs> but um, what happens is that how we find out, it's so interesting. Uh, Allie doesn't pick up, and then Teddy doesn't pick up because they're actually having a moment together, and we see a little bit of that scene, and turns out Allie is cheating on Wallace with, uh, with Teddy, his best friend. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, Wallace, grade-A asshole. Yeah. Racist. Truly. For... No reason, no. just just to paint him as an asshole. But like to such a point, it's just like you didn't have to make him racist just to be an asshole. He was this already was, an asshole by himself. This was a very two thousands uh, amount of racism, considering this movie was made in twenty fourteen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. It it just it felt uh, very out of place. And, and it would have, like, I don't think it was like, oh, man, it's a different time type of thing. Because you can say that if it was, like, 2001, the amount of racism that he was given off. But I would have been very uncomfortable in 2014 watching this movie. Oh, immensely. And I was uncomfortable now. Now, clearly. Uh, yeah. Especially to somebody who is Cuban. Uh, and yeah. I'm Cuban. Yeah. But, nevertheless. And she's also Colombian, too. Oh, God, I hope I got that right. Okay, but as I'm also, you know, filibustering and, and filling uh, out this uh, information, God damn it, she's Venezuelan. Failure. She is half Cuban, though. Now, so we find out that they're having, like, an affair with one another, and, like, we don't feel bad for Wallace because he's an asshole and, like, whatever. And it's more just like, okay, this is a forced relationship that, like, makes no sense because we have no prior scenes of Allie and Teddy. And it's very right. obvious when they try to do this sort of, like, suspenseful, when Allie is giving this emotional monologue about how Wallace is, like, this piece of shit to her. And then we see a hand uh, wipe the tear away from Allie's face. We know it's fucking Teddy because there's no other character in this film that's gonna be that but whatever that's true so how this scene is set we have a camera set in the bathroom and we have both of their phones charging in the bathroom why they're charging the bathroom whatever but it makes for this pretty decent shot and so we see the phone ring for Allie, and it goes to voicemail. I hit the microphone. I'm so sorry. And then we see the phone ring for Teddy, and it also goes to voicemail, right? And we see them in the background sort of, like, next to each other. They're not doing anything, but they're just, like, enjoying each other's company, right? And then fast forward to the next morning where Allie gets up, and it's the same exact shot composition. Yeah. 
she gets up and she goes to the bathroom and you know she starts brushing her teeth and she pulls out the phone she sees the voicemail so she starts listening to the voicemail and then she uh goes to pee and then like you can see the shift in her eyes yeah and in that moment i'm like kevin smith knows what he's doing and so that's how you build this god damn it i keep hitting the microphone and that's how you build this i know how it feels to be on that side of the mic i'm kidding sorry go ahead and that's how it feels to um wow no i completely robbed the words from you you threw me for a loop but that's a wonderful moment in sort of tension building when you want those characters to realize something but you know is completely within their character uh-huh. to either a not realize it and or b just uh ignore it entirely like willingly ignore it uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. and so i thought that was actually really well done by the film and i also want to give the film overall credits in terms of the shot composition in terms of yeah. some of the directing yeah. where it's so clear and i already knew this kind of going into it that kevin smith is such a film buff i don't yeah. know and i don't think you know what no no i don't think this is sizzle surf i don't think this is a hot take i I really believe there is not a human being out there in the universe that loves film more than Kevin Smith. Wow, really? And that shit shows, right? Sure. Because that like makes you can sense. tell that this is a uh, more grassroots, a uh, little bit of a lower budget sort of film. But this guy knows how to create images. Yeah, that's right? true. That's true. And like within the space, that's and, true. And how and and. Just sort of like the construction of shots. Now, does he know how to write scenes? No, no, no. not all the time. I th- that and that leaves me on my sizzle serve, which is this movie is god awful. Yeah, but oh, I think that this movie could potentially be kind of interesting. No, I agree. No, listen. If it wasn't for the writing, I agree. I think that Kevin Smith is a good enough director. Yes, I think the concept is actually haunting. Yes. I think they had moderate actors. Like, I've seen Justin Long be good. Yeah. I've seen Johnny Depp be good, duh. Yeah. I've seen Genesis Rodriguez be fine. And I've seen uh, 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 Haley Joel Osment, obviously, whenever he was a child, be good, but never since. Oh, for sure. And, like, I, I think that all the pieces are there, minus the script. The concept, absolutely there, minus the script. Now, another thing that's kind of strange is the fact that... Uh, Kevin Smith, as well as Johnny Depp. I don't. I didn't know that Johnny Depp was good enough friends with Kevin Smith to pull this move. No idea. He must have been friends with him to let his daughter yeah. be in the movie, as well as Kevin Smith's daughter was in this movie. Kevin Smith and Johnny Depp's daughter. For for those that don't know, were, uh, they're, they're their both respective in the movie. daughters, not their collective one daughter. Yeah, no, 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 no. Both their daughters, the different daughters. Uh, were both in the movie. They weren't big parts, but they were both in the movie. And they also weren't good. They if, also if we, weren't good. If we're good. just going to cross this no, bridge. No, no. But it it lets me know a little bit about... Uh, it lets me know a little bit about um, Johnny Depp, that he is allowing his daughter to be in the movie. And it lets me know even more about Kevin Smith, that he named his daughter Harley Quinn Smith. Because, of course... It doesn't bother me that he's naming her after a fictional comic book character. There's it's the fact that. that it's like the most sexualized fucking Whoa. character. Whoa. Harley Quinn? Uh, the Are most? you kidding? I, well, I, okay, not the most. Maybe not the most. I'm speaking I, out of turn there. But that's a bit... I, I, I mean, not say on. the most sexualized. You know what I mean, though? I, I understand what you're trying to get at. That would be like naming my daughter Mia Khalifa Welch. That is so different. <laughs> that is so immensely different. We stop. Enough! 
I'm putting a cap no. on this okay. conversation. It's not no. that far. It's not that no, far. No, it's immensely far. But no, no, no. I'm saying it's not. It's it's. I understand Harley Quinn's not that bad, but it it's still weird you're to name your daughter Harley Quinn. Smith. Okay, what's your point? Now you're just attacking Kevin Smith's character. What's I'm, going on? I'm attacking here? his choice what's of going? names at least. So what does that have to do with anything? I'm saying that that tells me a lot about Kevin Smith. Clearly, after watching this movie, I'm thinking to myself, he loves who the comic fuck books. is this guy, Kevin Smith? That he can that he writes Tusk? Who thinks of this shit? And then I start looking at this guy in his life. He also technically his... did not think of this. No, go ahead. He didn't. No. So what uh, this was? This was a sort of prank post, I believe, on like Gumtree, which I think is like a Craigslist equivalent. Um. That, that essentially, makes so much more sense. That essentially this guy uh, just put this fake ad. It was a prank and wanted people to come over, hang out, and hopefully uh, dress as a walrus with him. And so how this sort of uh, film transpired from there, from that you know prank post, was that Kevin Smith was talking about it on his podcast. And you can listen to part of that podcast if you continue in the credits, which I think sizzle serve. The best decision in this film. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, not even Civil Surf. Let's reel that back. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a heady play. Or that's folks, a heady play. That's a heady play. Heady play, heady play. It's, oh, you're trying to get off, ladies and gentlemen. That was good. That was good. That was good. It's a heady play to, like, have that piece yeah. of the podcast there. And, and what uh, is happening in this podcast, they take the snippet from it and they put it in the credits. You know, not, not at the beginning, but towards, like, halfway through the credits. And they're kind of like jokingly talking through the third act of the film. And when they're talking through the third act of the film, that shit is hilarious. Yeah. That is legitimately funny. You're meaning to tell me that this guy who was made into a walrus, but like the person who did that to him, also dressed up as a walrus and said, let's fight to the death, to death, to the death, excuse me, to see who is more walrus. Yeah. And so then when he was killed, then it proved that Wallace Brighton became the yeah, walrus, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And that the fact that he was then transferred to a different like animal enclosure and there was a fish wrapped in newspaper yeah. by, by, by Wallace's oh God. now then ex-girlfriend. And he tosses the fish, the fish down. And he starts like, nomming on it. And then, and then he looks up at her, remembers his past human life. Yeah. But he's more walrus than human now. So he has to scuffle and, back into his little cave. And then she says, I love you, Wallace. I'll never forget you. That shit is funny. That's very funny. That's very funny. Very funny yeah. That's very, very funny. So I but thought the fact that, that they knew it was funny tells you a lot. Because you're like, okay, then how am I supposed to feel? Because I'm so grossed the fuck out. Am I supposed to be laughing or am I supposed to be grossed out? And that was the biggest and issue I can't of have the both. film for me. It was yeah. like when it hit the horror movie points... I thought it hit those points kind of Wait, quite okay. beautifully for sure, the moment, sure, sure. right? I mean, and we're talking about like the tension also in between the scenes with Wallace and Howard, right? Where it's this like weird navigation, their first and like second meeting with each uh -huh, other, uh -huh. that they're sort of like testing each other's waters and you could tell like Howard is sort of doing this work, but they're like actively responding to one another and you know something is up. So it makes this really organic scene that's just beautiful to watch, like yeah. legitimately yeah. beautiful and like, you and I being trained in theater, I mean, we're suckers for people to just naturally respond to one another. Yeah. And that was 100% the case in some of those scenes. But then there was also when the movie was trying to be comedic and specifically a comedic, not conceptually, because conceptually this movie is hilarious. 
It was in some of the writing in some scenes. It was with just some of the scenes themselves. Biggest example. Not even, not even like 15 minutes into the movie. Justin Long's character has a conversation with a border agent. A Canadian border agent. Oh, yes. Who is played by, I shit you not, the host of the then super duper popular, and I still think, you know, people know it's it. It's still relatively popular. This YouTube channel called Epic Meal Time, oh. where they do these, like, gigantic meals, mostly of meat, and so genuinely disgusting. And this scene, the border agent, is, like, played by the host of that. This scene is legitimately awful. Because nothing happens in this scene. We don't learn anything in this scene. We don't even learn that... Wallace is more of an asshole in this scene. This scene does us nothing. It was just dead air. Yeah. It also wasn't funny. Right. The jokes weren't that good. The acting wasn't that great. It was immensely clear. These two people have no idea what they're doing with this script at the present moment. And it was so clear to me that somebody needed to step in and be like, hey, this doesn't belong. This adds Literally nothing. If this scene was funny, yeah. I could at least give it that. I would still criticize it for being out of place, but I could be like, hey, I laughed my ass off. Yeah. I had a good time during that scene. And you know what? Whatever. We're just here to have a good time, a fun time, and not necessarily a long time. But <laughs> that movie, excuse me, that scene was a long time. Yeah. And that mo- that scene was not a good time, and it was not a fun time. It was a boring time, and not an uninteresting time. And it was odd because... Nobody said anything? Nobody was like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this scene. Here's a question. So so, so what we're kind of getting to is there is clearly a discrepancy between the way that Kevin Smith decided to to, uh, direct this movie and write this movie. He wrote this movie to be more of a comedy. He intended at the very beginning with the concept for it to be a comedy. And then upon directing it, did not direct it as such. Oh, God, you're so right. So I'm wondering, would this movie have been better... If he got a more dramatic, uh, uh, dramatically experienced writer to write it, or would it be better? Yeah, or would it be better for him to have written it himself and get a more uh, comedic director like a Seth Rogen or Judd Apatow to direct it? I. It's not even. I mean, like, I think it's more so the writing, right? But the issue was tone, right? And so. I think he he had too many eggs in one basket, right? He was biting off more than he can chew. That he wanted a comedic film that was also super duper tense, yeah, right? Yeah. I haven't seen anything beyond this film that is, you know, Kevin Smith's repertoire. From my understanding, Clerks is a cult classic. Yeah. And people love Clerks. Yeah. And I know that's a comedy, right? And, but, so... I, it's I. He needed to understand and slow down. He needed to slow down with what he was working with, and look at the script again and say to himself, "Okay, so this is what I'm working with," and then achieve that vision and be consistent with that vision. But he never took a moment to look behind him and say, "Oh, this is my work so far on this film," right? That I, f- I mean. At the table, right? At at the sort of reading table, at the at the first rehearsal, everybody coming together and they read the first draft or whatever draft of the script, very close to final draft. And 
I'm sure there were laughters and and there was a wonderful time in the room and a wonderful exploration for some of these characters, mm-hmm. right? And for some of these actors. But it stuns me still that there was never a moment of self-reflection and yeah, realization yeah. where I'm directing two different movies. Yeah. That's the biggest indictment to this film. Yeah. It's not the fact that the comedic scenes are bad because the comedic scenes are bad. But that's not the biggest indictment. It's because you're watching two different films at the same time. And one mm-hmm. of them is pretty good and one of them is mediocre. And I would like to believe that if it was just a comedy, he could you know, spruce it up a little right, bit right, right. more. But And if it was just a horror movie, that the tension could be fucking cut yeah. with a knife. Yeah. But it wasn't the case. Right, right. And that was like a frustrating part for me, watching this movie. I would love to, love to uh, get your take on uh, your gold medals uh, when we come back after a word from our sponsor. Hello and welcome back to The Artenders. So, where we left off, Mr. Daniel, uh, Daniel Arturo Lavelle, what... Uh, was your gold medal, or who was your gold medal? It's Genesis Rodriguez. Now, Respect I'm that. not just saying this because she's partially Cuban and she's from Miami, although that's a big plus. <laughs> Did I, you know that going into the movie? No. Okay, good, I you're good. I have no idea. Well, then there you go. Then, then this is a genuine pick. Yes, there we this go. is a genuine pick. Good. Because, a couple of things. Kevin Smith can't write women. No. Um, or at least, if I'm just, I mean, I'm using a one-game sample. I'm uh-huh. using a one-movie sample. If I'm just strictly going off of this movie, Kevin Smith cannot write women. Now, what are the biggest pointers from uh, people not being able to write women? How can you tell when somebody does not know how? When there is a woman character, and there's just one mm. in, in the story, right? If there's not zero, there's only one, maybe two. And their entire like sort of crux, their thing, is about a guy. Yeah, and that's exactly the fucking case with it Genesis Rodriguez. Definitely does not pass the Bechdel test. No, no, not even close. Could you uh, please the explain Bechdel. the Bechdel test? Bechdel test is basically: uh, Are there? It, it, it's a test administered to movies. In the movie, uh, are there female characters, or is there at least one female character that goes an entire scene without having a conversation about another male in the movie? And that was not, not the, case. the case never at all never. right and and in terms of the main cast of this movie she is the only female this is a very bro film her entire thing is i'm with this cheating boyfriend he's a piece of shit i'm really upset about it i'm so upset i'm going to cry every scene that i'm in i'm going to cry because i was written this way and <sighs> then i'm going to cheat on my shitty boyfriend with uh his friend uh, which is also like what what is going on, and then it's just does not make sense. And so, this girl was acting the shit out of that awful writing, awful writing. She was in a, I mean, legitimately in a different movie. Mm. She was seriously in a different movie. In a good way. In the best way. In the way. best way. Because of how well she was doing, right? That she was working with breath, right? And she was exploring these sort of emotional vulnerability. And you see it when, in her eyes that she's taking this sort of thought-by-thought thought process, right? And sort of when she has this scene where it's this close-up of her and she's sort of crying that um, 
the the camera slowly zooms in on her face and she she's sort of exploring her relationship with Wallace and and um how you know shitty he is but how much she can't help but be attracted to her and be mm-hmm. I mean, excuse me be attracted to him and be with him even though we never really see a moment where they have a moment like that together yeah. we're just purely told yeah. that but whatever you know fuck it who cares <laughs> uh but she's acting the Which shit out of it and she has like no real stimuli yeah. in front of her either and sh- how she was able to paint this picture right uh when she was just exploring her thoughts and just exploring her emotions in the moment she was immensely present especially given like the script writing yeah. and and so when watching this i'm like oh my god this poor girl and she's acting circles around everybody else like can you also imagine being in a scene with johnny depp and you're the better actor <laughs> <laughs> she was I, yeah. consistently the best actor on screen. Yes, she's true. By a landslide. That's true. And what's really, really funny, and I think this is the best part, is that at the end of the film, when <laughs> when Wallace the Walrus is in this uh, sanctuary, and you know, uh, Allie and T- uh, Teddy come, and you know, she throws the fish, and she's like, "I love you, Wallace." I believe it. And that's you the funniest it? part. Yes. That's funny. Not because of the writing. Because of her. I believe it strictly because of the acting. Uh-huh. I I wish, I legitimately wish she wasn't in this movie because she deserves yeah. better than this movie. I, I I'm glad good. she was because it made the movie so much better yeah. by her performance. But she should not have been in this movie. Yes, she she was much better than the people uh, surrounding her. Um, and, and, and really elevated the shit that she was given that, that, that's a big one. You know, that, 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 that's a huge one actually. Um, very impressive. Uh, I, I would also say that it's a real shame that, um, it doesn't seem like she's really gotten a big break. She's been in a lot of stuff. Um, and she's been uh, pretty good in a lot of stuff, but it's not like she's been this, this huge part of anything i would say that she's not even close to being a household name no no, no. Uh, but i mean but, like she's popular enough to be like oh i recognize her oh she's in this oh i remember her right but she is not getting it, it, it once again just using a one movie work. sample she's not getting the quality yeah. of work that yeah. she simply deserves and from this movie has earned and to all, be all the stuff that she that 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 i have seen her in and i, and I know her from or all the stuff that that, that I'm that I'm even seeing right now on her IMDb page, I am. Um, it's shockingly like mediocre to bad stuff, uh, as well as like like she's making decent work out of like the Umbrella Academy, which Umbrella Academy is not bad. It's definitely not that bad. Like I, it, it it's, it's pretty good. I, I like the Umbrella Academy, but her part in it was pretty small and like. Not just like not just insignificant, but it was very sh- like shallow stuff. Like there was not really much depth for her to do. Yet she did it really well. I would say very similar to this movie. So, so and, and and you're saying that that is at the uh, fault of Kevin Smith. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Oh I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, part of it is like the other people around her need to step up, right? Sure. Especially, I like. Oh, gosh. And so, and the issue also is, like, she's in scenes when she really shows off her acting chops. And, like, the these scenes are constructed in a way where 
her scene partner it has nothing to work from either, right? Yeah. So Justin Long's whole shtick is being an asshole. And so how can he... There's only... I mean, yes, he has to respond, right? As an actor, it's your duty to listen. It's your duty to respond to your scene partner and to work from there, right? Not to cultivate your own shit. It's to, I mean, a little bit of that, but it's most of it. It's responding to what's given to you. Sure. Because that's yeah. how we operate yeah. humanely, right? And But there was also scenes with him where he's just an asshole, and that's just his MO. And so his whole thing is putting up a wall. I think that's more on the writing than it is on Justin Long. Yeah. Then you have scenes with Teddy with Haley Joel Osment's character where Haley Joel Osment doesn't even have dialogue to even work from. So it's just Genesis Rodriguez giving a monologue, mind you, a great monologue in terms of performance, certainly not by writing. And so he has nothing to go from there either. And so and then you have a scene with Johnny Depp where he's this um Detective from, I believe, Quebec and or Montreal. I don't know. I can't remember. I'm sorry. Canada. I'm sorry to all the Canadian listeners. I'm really sorry. Um, but And so he's not doing a good job, and he's just kind of shooting the shit. And it's a shame because in, this, in these scenes, I'm like, there's a great actor, and it's not you, Mr. Depp. It's, I don't know if it's because of you. I don't know if it's because of the writing. But it's frustrating when you watch somebody and you're like, this person deserves better. And it's this sort of Idris Elba conundrum. Now, we all happen to know <laughs> Idris Elba's name. Yeah. But not yeah. because, like, because we all know Idris Elba is one of the best actors of our time. Yeah. The selection of work that he has been a part of, for the most part, pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're talking wire, like great. Yes, but we're talking After like that, the sequel to Ghost Rider. Right. Why was he a part of that? Idris. Right. right. Idris. I, I, I think that it's that's uh, and this would be there's also be some no nation which I haven't this seen, be, but that's really it. getting into a whole other thing that uh, in terms of Marvel, I would say uh, some of the worst movies that Marvel has ever made uh, are in the Thor series. Yeah, and. He was a part of him. Pobrecito Idris. A shame. An absolute shame. In terms of like an underused yeah. actor True. in those movies, it was Idris Elba. And in terms of an underused actor generally, Genesis Rodriguez deserves to be a part of that conversation. Yes. Mac, do you have any gold medals to uh, sprinkle onto this? I realize I just threw you into a hole. Because I was assuming that you had a gold medal, but I, I wasn't entirely sure. But but just I guess really I should ask uh, any particular thoughts on uh, certain sure. people in this film. Uh, I actually don't have a gold medal for a specific person in this film um, because all of them were quite underwhelming uh, for, for me. I mean, Genesis Rodriguez did do a much better job than everyone else, but at the end of the day, you can only do so much. I, I will say that the, the most impressive part of Genesis Rodriguez for me is not just the fact that she didn't have much to work with. It was that her character was written to not be taken seriously. Yeah. Um, oh, and she took it so seriously. Like, she was simply there because she was a pretty face. I think... And that, that, that is... Such a shame. But yeah. she did. She did something with that, which was impressive. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if there was anybody at all in this movie who was taking it seriously, it was Genesis Rodriguez. And once again, uh -huh. she was in a different movie for the best reasons, but she was in a different movie because of that. Please continue. I, I would say um, that the gold medal for me uh, goes to the moment when 
uh, Justin Long looks up. <laughs> when Justin Long looks up at, at Genesis Rodriguez and Haley Joel Osment at the very end of the movie. Just simply the just simply the shot of him waddling his ass back in the cave. That for me made everything worth it. Like I uh, I, I hadn't I didn't really laugh at many of the parts of the movie. There, there wasn't really anything else that was funny. It was mostly cringy or made me want to throw up. But uh, in that moment, I think that the entire I'm I'm convinced the entire movie was made just so that we could get that one moment. Because I laughed my ass off when I saw him. Uh, just like just wiggling back into the because you know oh god you know that it wasn't like a double that wasn't CGI that was Justin Long or himself ju- or at least some stunt performer or just somebody there was I'm a, sure. there was a person in that suit in that suit that's being paid to just like wiggle their way in this walrus this walrus suit with the tusks and everything to wiggle their way back into the cave. Hilarious! God I can't even tell you. God bless God, him. so funny. And wait, wait also, uh, so so this was unclear for me. He, was he being kept inside a public zoo? Uh, it was like a like a animal exotic animal sanctuary. Okay. Um, who signed off on that? Oh no 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 no! <laughs> Listen, bro, we can unpack the shit out of this movie with non nonsensical true, bullshit. True. Okay. The fa- How does Howard Howe make money? Big time. How does Howard Howe, like, uh, what is... Well, he was a famous what? explorer, wasn't he? What? I mean, how, we don't know that for a fact. That's I true. Mean, That's like, true. It, it just, like, things don't really add up, right? Yeah, there's a lot and missing. So, and so when, like, I I don't know if there's much to believe when he supplied the story about the liquor bottle. And the liquor bottle, I think it was something along the lines, it was given to him by Ernest Hemingway, right? And so when it gets to later on the film, <laughs> you don't know what to believe him like with this uh, yeah, right, shit, right, right, and so when he says at the end, actually, I was in this like psychiatric ward, and um, you know, and they they abused me and they beat me, and so like that felt like an honest moment, but then because him saying that is and of also him making Justin Long into a walrus, it's like okay, I can't really trust you, uh, in terms of the stories that you are telling me. Every time that I attempt to take this movie seriously, I'm always met with. I have to say with a straight face. And whenever he turns him into a walrus, and I just can't. I just can't well, yeah. say that with a straight face. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. go ahead. But then there's also, like, a really tense moment when, like, <laughs> he tries, Howard Howe tries to make Wallace the walrus swim and drags him oh into my this God, pool yes. of a basement uh, in this giant house. How did he get this house? We don't fucking know. Dying. And, but... How did he build this basement? We don't know. And then just like these old timey projectors God, of yeah. like walrus imagery and seagulls and waves crashing in the background. I, this shit doesn't make sense. I will. But 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 walrus the walrus, Wallace the walrus drowns, and we see the carcass of another walrus. That's and then we find out. Wallace the walrus was not the first not one. The first and walrus. that's both a funny and a more so terrifying moment. There are moments in this film and it drives me insane yeah. because it's not a good movie. I know. And well the the, the the funny again, 
the funniest parts of the movie is every single time. It, it, the funniest parts are the parts that you're supposed to take the most seriously. They're, they're supposed to be the most shocking because the, the, the scary parts always are followed or supposed to traditionally be followed with the main character or whoever the horror is happening to their response to it. It's like in Psycho, the, the scariest part is not whenever he is not whenever he starts stabbing the lady in the shower, it's whenever you see the shadow and then you see her turn around and scream, right? It's suspense of it. It's yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 you see their response first and then you see the action, right? And so it's it's funny cuz every major moment of this movie you see the scary thing and then you're supposed to see the person it's happening to in the response. But the person it's happening to has giant fucking tusks coming out of their face. <laughs> and it's impossible to take it seriously. You know what I mean? Like, you see the other the other walls on the ocean floor. Or the ocean, fuck me. The pool floor. And it's supposed to be, like, kind of scary. And you are scared at first. And then we get an, a reaction shot. And he's like, <laughs> because he's got tusks coming out of and his face. And there's a lone beach ball it's just so in the space. It's, it's just so one funny. measly beach ball. Good. We haven't properly unpacked the fact that... Uh. Howard Howe then puts himself in a walrus suit oh. and they're fighting. Oh. There's a walrus v walrus, oh. but it's human v human, but it's walrus v walrus. Right. But well, you know what they're doing? They're like bumping into each other, <laughs> trying to kill each other. <laughs> because they can't like attack each other because they're fucking walruses. That's well, like, they're not even walruses, they're humans in a walrus form. And so they don't have the muscles necessary to actually like bend and flex oh, God. and so they're just kind of like jabbing at each other so the only option is to figure out a way to drive your tusk into the motherfucker <laughs> anyway, so so tusk. tusk so this is the other thing though is that uh huh i i would go as far as to say that this is not i don't think this is a horror movie i think this is a psychological thriller Okay. Because, which I know usually it would be giving it more I credit mean, we're, than it's we're, worth. We're, we're playing with semantics here. We but, are. But yeah. I will entertain this, this is notion. Why. This is why. Because, and, and, and I think this is to the movie's also, uh, benefit. Also, to say it can't be both? It's true. I mean, yeah, mo most of the time, horror, psychological thrillers are also horror. Sorry for cutting you off. Please but I would say it's more than a horror movie. It's a psychological thriller. Because, yes. yes. Uh, because the, the, the difference between a horror and a psychological thriller, in my mind, is that... Um, a horror does not explain why the scary things are happening. Mm -hmm. They just happen. Like in, uh, you know, Friday the 13th or whatever, or like in, in, in these like, like scary, like Fright Night movies. Sure. They are, you know, they're just like having a normal night. And then all of a sudden someone's like comes up and starts like stabbing motherfuckers, right? Yeah. But in this, we actually analyze and unpack how this guy got here. And it, and it bothers me most because it actually kind of is interesting to make sense. Not, I mean, no, no one should be driven to turn a guy into a fucking walrus. But I gotta say, whenever, it, whenever uh, Kevin Smith got this idea from the internet and was like, huh, guy that turns other people into walruses, I wonder why he'd be doing that. This is a decent explanation. Like, it, it's kind of a cool backstory for, a, for an actor to have, you know what I mean? It's kind of impressive. I thought you were gonna no, continue. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, I, I tip my hat to Threw just the that idea. On my lap. I'm that like, was oh, shit. I'm so sorry. I, I, I really just thought that was an interesting idea, and I'm, and I'm proud of it. And, and I think that was, that was, that was cool. But there are two different horror movies, right? I mean, like I said earlier, there is this sort of like whoa horror movie, and then there are the ones that peek at the brain, that peek at the mind. Like Psycho, right? Right. And, and so when we think of horror movie nowadays, 
we think of all the movies that Cabin in the Woods make makes fun of. Yes. You know? And that's that's what we think of horror movies. When really we should broaden our minds and broaden our sort of scope of horror movies to Midsummer, to Hereditary, to Psycho. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dare I say, a little bit Tusk. 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 Oh. Let's also unpack something really fast. Yeah, please. That there, there are just moments in this film that it's not funny. But, and let me be more specific. <laughs> I alluded to it a little bit when, why make Wallace racist? Doesn't really add anything. Yeah. What's the point? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. it's just, is it so, like, when he's turned into a walrus, we can say, haha, your comeuppance? No, because why the fuck would we want anybody to turn into a walrus? But that's another point. True. And really, what, what I also want to look at is that it's really funny because uh, Wallace and Teddy are, are making uh, a shit ton of money uh, from a podcast. And that's not the funny part, although that is kind of funny. Uh, as, you know, I mean, I'm throwing rocks from a glass house right now, of course. <laughs> and, and, and there are also multiple people who make lots of money from podcasts. No, no, no. My point that I'm making is their podcast name, which is Not See Party. Which, Kevin Smith, I ask you, how is this funny? Yeah. And so how do you actually also expect me to suspend my disbelief so much to say, now wait a second. They're they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars from, Nazi from this party? podcast. That's called Not See Party. Yeah. And just that alone is ludicrous. Yeah. To yeah, yeah, even yeah. sort of consume. But it's also even... Setting that aside, let's just say I do suspend my disbelief. It's not fucking funny. No. It's not fun. Like, it's not, like, it is the most childish humor sort of thing. Like, (laughs) we're not C-party. Yeah. We skirt the edge. We're edgy. We're cool. (laughs) Everybody loves us. That is so fucking lame. Yeah. It, it, it bothers me that a lot of the jokes from this movie and a lot of the jokes that, I, that I've seen Kevin Smith make in the past, it feels like um, you have to do the work to, to make it funny in your mind. You know what I mean? Like he, he will set something up, and this isn't just with the Nazi party thing. He'll set something up, and then he will, uh, and then he will tell you to make it funny on your own. Uh, if we want to take the Nazi party thing, for instance, anyone that would make that, 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 that would think that was funny um, is either uh, a moron that just thinks the words Nazi party are funny, yeah. or they have to make up a reason for it to be funny in their own mind. Um, yeah. and, and that's, it, it's just annoying. It's like- They press too hard it's on, just this bad joke, comedy. on this joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That like, it'd be one thing like, Nazi, I did not see that coming. Ha ha ha, drum snare. It's you know, just no. Nazi. And they uh, reference this a lot that at one point, um, Allie is like calling the police and is like, hey, yeah, so he's like a podcaster and the podcast is called Nazi Party. And so like the bit then is like Haley Joel Osment like yelling, like spell it out, spell it out. And then she's like, they hung up. You know, like that's the joke. Like it's it's like the movie built it up for this one joke and the joke wasn't good. No. And so if you are going to have, folks, an edgy joke that really skirts the line and sort of, ooh, I'm uncomfy. Make it funny! It, it honestly is vaguely reminiscent of 
and I apologize to everyone involved in uh, in Tusk uh, for comparing you to this. Um, it honestly kind of reminds me of The Room in a way, um, in that it just simply does not know what it is. And it's almost like it is made to be hate-watched. It's almost like it's made to be disliked. Yeah, and I think, I mean, perhaps. Yeah. Like the fact that Kevin Smith put a snippet from his podcast talking about the third act and laughing at it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. But at the same time, like, I I want to... I want it also to be a good movie. Yeah. Like, I'm able to say... I mean, regardless of whether or not this is a good movie, just setting that aside and whatever I believe, the notion of, like, the main character being turned into a walrus is both stupid as shit and funny as hell. Yeah. Just putting... Just and so putting one. the quality of the film aside from that, right? Like, that's great. Yeah. And so... Just pick one, yeah. Need you to double down in either the absurdity, yeah. or need you to double down of like the absurd, like the absurdity that is the comedy, or the absurdity that is we're gonna take this super seriously, right, right. And that's where the comedy is gonna come from, and that's what I think the movie should have done. That like take it super duper seriously, that it's more so a horror movie, but the comedy comes from when you take a step back. Holy shit, what the fuck is so happening? over? Yeah, so overall. Our our overall summary of our review is pick a lane. Pick a lane, dude. Pick a lane. Pick a when lane, you dude. get to the bowling alley, I need you to, like, stick to one. I need you not to, like, bounce <laughs> a around. A strike doesn't count if it's on someone else's lane. Exactly. And you're competing here. You yeah, want you want, no. you want to score on your lane. Yeah. This is the, this is the, the rules of bowling. Exactly. Just exactly. be careful with oncoming traffic. You know, you don't right. need to switch lanes. Just don't need to veer. stick to one. There's and no like, lane split. Generally, this doesn't have to be the case, right? There, there are times where movies subvert expectations, and not just movies, but other pieces of media that subvert expectations that do a complete 180. Uh, I believe uh, the movie starring Simon Pegg called like The World's End or At World's End, something about the world uh-huh. ending, where um, at first it's like this like funny comedy, and then it becomes this like sci-fi thriller. Yeah, that's also still a comedy. But it, say- but it's how it commits to. Th- all of those, right? As opposed to a film that's wishy-washy. And also, if you're trying hard to be a comedy, well, make the scenes funny. Don't have a 10-minute scene with a border agent that isn't funny. Don't have a 10-minute scene with Guy Lepon trying to, you know, talk about, you know, how he takes his coffee and yeah. the weird sort of things that he does yeah. and meandering. Like, it's frustrating because the pacing is all over the place. So it's just like, I want to get to the movie because it yeah. feels like that does not belong in the movie. Or the invention of lying, say? the invention of lying with Ricky Gervais, where yeah. it, it's, it's, it is hilarious. And it's a very funny concept that like no one has ever lied before. And he's the first person to ever lie. And now he's the only one that has the power of lying. Hilarious. So many things that can happen funny, yeah. but then it becomes very serious when he ends up inventing a religion that there were no religions. Everyone just thought you died and that was it. And then he made up Christianity. That's a fucking interesting, dramatic concept. Yeah. And they do a really good job of funny, 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 funny. Way not funny anymore. But also, conceptually, still funny as hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if you take a step back and just talk about the fact that he's making Christianity up on the fly, hilarious. He's writing on a pizza box instead of the stones. Hilarious. <laughs> um, like, the, like, the, like the Testaments or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the stones. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Instead of like, uh, instead of the golden place or whatever, he's yeah, he's just doing the the commandments. The commandments, right? Um, <laughs> sorry, you so know sorry. the old and the new the, one. Oh, the, yeah, the, the, I'll put it on a pizza box. The commandments. Thanks. Sorry, uh, I was so blank for a second. It's okay. It's okay. My yeah, my uh, my church is rolling over. No, I'm kidding. Mac, do you recommend this movie? Um, yes. What the fuck? I know, I know, I do, I do. I, I don't Aww. recommend it for for by yourself. I don't recommend it uh, sober. That's okay. what I have to say about that. Head what about play. you, sir? Uh, I mean, no, but, like, it's such a interesting thing to look at yeah. that, like, uh, I, like, oh, it's, it's difficult to unpack. I don't recommend that you watch it, but you should watch it because of how stupid it is. This might I would be- honestly, I would say fast forward through, like, the comedic scenes that right. are dragging. Just get to the, to the meat. Of right. the film. I uh, to the lover's meat, if you will. This might be one of the only movies I've ever seen that I think that it might be best watched, uh, like, in the background of a party. Like, No, it won't. What, I could see, what? Because, like, you're just, like, hanging out. Like, it's not that big of a deal. You don't have to pay attention to the plot or whatever. Oh, and you just And then back. all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God, the guys, 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 it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. And then you watch it, and it's funny, and then you get back to your conversation or whatever. Yeah. Um, that, like, basically what I'm saying is feel free to fast forward. Feel free to not pay attention too much. Danny. Yeah. What are we watching next week? Or consuming, I apologize. Consuming no, next we're week. watching. We're watching. Watching, okay. Um, I am immensely excited for this. Oh, okay. Is it going to be good? Uh, let's, well, we'll get there. Oh. So, so here's here's what's interesting. Uh, like I said, I'm immensely excited for this. I've been waiting for this movie to come out for years after it was announced. And it just came out? came out relatively recently. It's on Netflix. This movie... Mm is an adaption of a video game, which in turn is an adaption of a novel, which in turn is a sort of of romanticized retelling of historical events a a thousand years prior. Ladies and gentlemen, and folks, excuse me, just folks, Mac, you and I are watching... Dynasty Warriors. Uh, that's a thing now? There is a Dynasty Warriors movie? movie? Oh my god. Based off of the video games. Based is that the one where you kill of... like thousands of people at a time? Yes. Oh. Based off of uh, the novel Romance of the Three Kingdoms by, I believe, Luo Guangzhong. And How many video games are there? Nine? Ten? Multiple. Multiple. And then spin-off Samurai Warriors. Oh. And then they also did a uh, crossover where it was Dynasty Warriors meets Samurai Warriors called Warriors Orochi. Oh, my God. That's excellent. It's the best. And I'm so looking forward to this film. And it's, it's a hate watch. We're going to get back to the good stuff. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you.